think it's time to talk some legends. What is up, dude? How's your week been? Busy. Busy. Hectic. Hectic? Yeah. You know. Yeah, one of, the, one of those weeks. One of those weeks. Two jobs eats up a ton of time. And then I'm also, like, trying to produce content because of the expansion. Right. It's been hard. Mostly, my second job, my teaching job, is, like, finals week, so... Yeah. That's always intensive. I did rickroll my students this week, though. So I yeah. got that going for me, yeah. Where the final exam exists, I put up a link that uh, I labeled final exam answers, but when you click on it, it's Rick Astley. <laughs> That's good times, dude. Good. Well done. Welcome, everybody, in chat. Immortal King, Zombie Hunter, Ray, Ray Ray Barker. Good to see you all. Hello, hello. How was, how was your week? My week was... So I've been fasting for a week to, for the celebration of Bodhi Day, which is today. It's a Buddhist holiday. And uh, I broke fast today. And uh, I got real sick afterwards and had to take a nap. <laughs> so that's been my day. And that's been my week. And, uh, you know, we had a quarterly meeting for a sunset review for a grant I'm working on that went really well. And um, basically got told our agency is awesome. Well. Uh, yeah. Life is good. That's good. That's good. Any, yeah, anything else exciting happened? Get any fun gifts in the mail? <laughs> you know what I did? <laughs> I'll let everybody know. Charmer was kind enough to give me a gift. He sent me a Christmas gift. Uh don't celebrate Christmas, but it, it was an amazing gift. He sent me a Bitcoin. <laughs> so no. I am uh, now going to retire. And, you know, that I assume, as my understanding of economics goes, uh, it's just going to appreciate in value forever. And, uh, yeah. Now, it, it's worth noting that this is a physical Bitcoin replica <laughs> and not one of the... Uh, no, 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 no. As, it's a real real Bitcoin. <laughs> as, as of market close today, you know... Digital Bitcoin worth sixteen and a half thousand dollars. <laughs> this podcast is really profitable. Yeah. <laughs> However, this... I mean, if you guys would like to send Justin or I bitcoins, you can feel free. I will give you an address. You can just send them right to us. If you want to donate this... via Bitcoin. Yeah. This is uh, my Bitcoin right here. Yeah, Justin Larson is set for life. Santa was just kind enough to give that to me. Yeah. So. That was a great gift, and we're going to find you something uh, suitable in San Diego, so be on, be on the lookout for that. Suitable, gods. Yep. Yeah, we are. So this week, tomorrow, uh, Sandra and I are beginning our vacation. Uh, we are going to drive to Santa Fe tomorrow, and uh, we're going to stay there for two nights because we love Santa Fe. And then we're going to drive to Flagstaff, see uh, Meteor Crater. And then we're driving to San Diego, and we're going to uh, spend a week there. You know, real talk. Yeah, let's go. I, mm -hmm. you said Meteor Crater. I would love to go see the Meteor Crater. And I, for the longest time, like I'm not a big jewelry person, basically like just the wedding ring, but like for the yeah. longest time I've been wanting very, very bad to get one of those like meteorite rings because mm -hmm. uh, the, the metal, if you guys are unfamiliar with it, when it's like brushed and actually done up, from actual meteorite is amazing looking like mm -hmm. it's very very cool yeah I'm very excited about that I think it's gonna be cool I think that uh, you know we just like to go to neat places uh, last year we got engaged in um, 
We went to Deadwood, South Dakota, and we don't drink or gamble, so there wasn't a whole lot to do there. But we had a great time seeing uh, uh, national parks and stuff in the area. And uh, this year, we are going to take a trip to somewhere a little warmer. <laughs> <laughs> We've learned our lesson. <laughs> so, it's good that you're going to see the national parks while we still have them. That That's true. Great. That's true. I believe that uh, they're no longer called national parks. They're called uh, future mining sites. <laughs> Yeah. Really but hits me in the feeling. But 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 don't worry. It's uh, it's still better for the environment than uh, digital mining. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's. I guess it could be. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fun times. Absolutely. So, so yeah, if you want to donate to Justin via Bitcoin, you know he doesn't have an address, but I'd be happy to give you one. Uh, get the fuck out of here. You're not giving my address to anybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not your address. Like, a Bitcoin address. Basically, I want I want people uh, to send me Bitcoins. Mm. Absolutely. You can support this programming by donating us Bitcoins anytime. Yeah. Or if you're not going to send us them, but you're going to purchase them for yourselves, I can get you a referral link. Extra $10 if you spend 100 Sure, absolutely. You can own one one fifth one 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 thousandth of a Bitcoin. That's exciting. It's probably not even one one thousandth right now. <laughs> up, things, things have been legit insane, but it's just because like banks are getting ready to get into it. Right on. So Sounds oh. good. No, it sounds horrible. It sounds like the worst thing that could happen to it. Like I'm everyone's talking about uh like how good that's gonna be and i'm expecting them to ruin it for everybody because when do they not ruin everything you know i mean it, i'm pretty sure there's a couple weeks ago i said this sort of thing was inevitable <laughs> well i know but like for different reasons though right like this is inevitable because like once the banks get in they're just gonna be like the no fun police they're basically casting mechanar over and over and over again yeah that makes sense uh no ray ray we're not the winklevoss twins we did not start the Gemini exchange and become billionaires off Bitcoin. No. I had an import-export business in my 20s that didn't really pan out and decided to go legit. <laughs> oh, is that what you did? For some reason, I thought you were a street pharmaceutical rep. That's, that, I, that is actually a more accurate description of what I did. <laughs> yeah. So this is, this, is a, this is a cool time in Legends. <laughs> I'm just going to immediately get off that subject. Uh, this is a cool time in Legends because we've begun to see people uh, people experimenting with, well, people refining new deck lists, right? And there's been a lot of complaints all over the Reddit about uh, the power level of the new cards and what they're not doing to the meta and what they are doing to the meta. Just like, intro comment, where do you weigh in on this? Well, one, I think it's, I think it's early. So, I think it's early and I think that the the cards in the set will end up making a bigger splash mm -hmm. but i didn't expect them to make a big impact right away for a couple of reasons uh the first is that we one we, i mean we've talked about it in the past but like the saturation of quality cards has went up mm -hmm. you know pretty drastically since since the game was released you know uh, yeah. To expect this set to have the impact that the Follow the Dark Brotherhood had, I think, was probably unfair because when Follow the Dark Brotherhood came out, we basically had Corset and Madhouse, and then that was it. And, mm -hmm. you know, when you introduce new cards, like, not only is there a 
different level of excitement but quite frankly like a lot of those decks were even at their most refined still not like the best they could be if you will because there were some underpowered cards that were making it into those lists but right. now that we've got follow the dark brotherhood now that we've got heroes of skyrim most lists were pretty finely tuned and so now when a new set comes out you've got to have like almost like some level of power creep or introduce something entirely brand new that's never been seen before before people consider sticking it in and i think that that's like part one of why i think yeah. this set has had a low initial impact is because people are looking at this set and they're saying you know hey i don't see anything here or i don't see a lot here i guess i should say there are some cards that i think are really good but i don't yeah. see a lot here that are like auto include i gotta stick them in these are like amazing power level so so that's part one of why it's not i think having the impact people were were expecting um but part two of it is is that in my opinion um this set is actually filled with a lot of what i would consider to be like answer cards a lot of the design of this set in my opinion was more like lateral than vertical more horizontal than vertical Meaning that they were trying to give you more tools to do different things to avoid direct power creep. Mm -hmm. And in order for those cards to shine, things need to shift in a certain direction. So like Hallowed Death Priest might be like one of the good examples, right? In a very control late game heavy meta, that card's going to be a superstar. In a yep. really fast meta, not so much. Memory right. Wraith, right? great if there's a lot of discard combo oriented decks like if if tomorrow you know master of arms became like you know king of the hill that card rises in value otherwise it's not and so there were a lot of cards in my opinion in the set that were printed like that and right out of the gate those cards aren't going to see a lot of play because people are still going to be kind of playing it safe with the the deck lists that are familiar so when fall of the dark brotherhood came out most people, with the exception of Unstoppable Rage, because everyone looked at that card and, like, naturally there was fanfare. But with the exception of that, most people just took the existing cards and crammed them into other lists and, and called it good. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now, right? People yeah. are saying, hey, these are the cards that could fit into existing lists. And uh, the same thing really happened with Heroes of Skyrim. It wasn't until much later, for example, that I really started seeing, like, Support Mage, even though the tools were there. Because people yeah. were taking Skyrim cards and trying to put them into old lists. And so I think that's what we're seeing now. And because it's old lists, yeah. these like ebb and flow, like, you know, counter meta, counter style cards aren't going to have like the time to shine because they're tech cards and not just straight power creep cards. I can see. I, I, I think you're pretty spot on. I think that's a good analysis. Um, and what I wanted to jump on was something you said about how, uh, I, I guess, let me, this is how I see it, like, sort of like, uh, there are fewer cards which are just spikes in power, and more cards which are, like, if you can go up or you can go to the side, there are more cards that go into the side of, of the power level of existing cards. Um, and if you're just running old lists, you're not going to think, I'm going to try this out. Yeah. No, I think, I, like that, I think that's, you know, so far a lot of what people are saying. Now, that, that being said... Um... Sweet. Hey, we're back. And Maricon joined us, too. 
Yeah, Maricon, why you do that, man? <laughs> why? Why are you hacking hacking our show here? <laughs> yeah. Oh, Good times. wait, wait, wait. Now we're back. I was apparently also muted. Thank you, OBS. <laughs> I mean, like, look, let's keep it 100 here. Like, I can I can carry this show. <laughs> yeah. So if you're, uh, if you're watching this in the future, listening to the recorded version or uh, the YouTube version, uh, my, my computer just besotted the old blue screen of death. So there might be some weird jumpiness there yeah we're back we are back and we were talking about um the effect the expansions had in the meta what we think is uh gonna happen in the future and uh why people need to quit their bitching yeah i was about to say something (laughs) positive but then my computer shut down so i can only assume that reddit hacked me because you're not allowed to say positive things about uh the expansion apparently Right. Um, look, I was going to say that for me, my experience so far has not been the doom and gloom that people like make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, I've played more games against Mage than any other class this season. Yep. Um, so I've not like I'm not saying that I haven't seen Agro Crusader or I haven't seen Scout, but like it has not been like every game I queue into, you know, Scout, Crusader, or Rage Archer. Like that has not been my experience at all, and I am seeing. Not just like updated deck lists, um, but I'm seeing some new stuff too, or at least stuff that I would consider new. Um, so like Ring of Namira combo decks existed before, so I guess they're not totally new. But uh, you know, people are experimenting with uh, you know the the treasure map and yes. the willpower guy that uh, has treasure hunt to find a support, and then you just mm-hmm. run the one Ring of Namira. Like that's been pretty great. Yep. Um, I've also ran into people playing things like mid-range scout, for example, which again, not necessarily a new list, but what I think makes it new is it's like the neutral heavy version. People that are running, um, you know, hulking fabricants and, uh, even though it wasn't from this set, uh, you know, the, the two, one Dwemer that gives something plus three, plus three and guard has been, I've seen that deck too, right alongside lurking crocodile, midnight snack, uh, the mud crab ankle snapper, Yep. Um, yeah. So, like, I am seeing new. Th- I've seen uh, no fun sorcerer, or I call it fun police. Yes, I've I, seen a lot of that. Uh, that I'm I'm seeing as well. So, like, I am I am seeing people trying new things. Um, yes. It's not. It's not like every deck I play is a brand new, like, amazing archetype or anything either. But uh, doesn't have to be. You know, to say that the expansion had no impact on the meta, I think, is, like, hyperbole for the sake of, you know, bitching and hyperbole. And I think that the fact that, like, we were talking about, like, instead of being power spikes, these are just power diversions away from cards that we already have. These, uh, what we're getting is, um, instead of new obvious decks or huge improvements to existing decks, we're seeing enough different stuff that you can play at a level that's competitive with tier one tier two decks with with things that maybe weren't quite there as archetypes before yeah well and and again we're <laughs> dynamos is a duo nice american uh we're it's so funny to me because like sometimes i wonder behind like 
just the psychology of complaining. Uh -huh. Because it feels like no matter what happens, and this is not a Legends community thing, this is like a gaming community thing, or maybe just like a life thing in general, right? But it always feels like the vocal minority of complaints always seems to overshadow the other stuff. And I don't know if it's because the people that are happy with the way things are are just happier complacent, so they don't go out of their way to be like, you know, hey, this is great. You know, it's, it's the old, like, nobody, you know, everybody complains about poor customer service, but very rarely do people say, like, you know, hey, let me talk to your manager. You know, hey, my server did a great job. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. So, I, I think of, like, even the History of Legends, you know, for a long time people said, like, we want graveyard interactions. You know, like, wouldn't it be yeah. great if we could get stuff back? Yeah. Uh, and then we got it, and now it's all, like, nerf graveyard interactions. Right. And now, similarly, for a long time, people have said, you know, hey, I don't I don't like it when the meta has, like, you know, one deck, two decks, three decks. You know, that bothers me. I want a bunch of stuff to be playable. Yeah. So they give us a set that doesn't just, like, power creep a bunch of things, but, like, it's more of a, you know, a horizontal disbursement mm -hmm. of power and yeah. there's a ton of stuff that is actually viable right now and people right. don't seem to like that either um so like i i try to take a bunch of it with a grain of salt and, yeah. and if you're listening and you're saying like hey you know you're wrong there's like three tier one decks and then there's everything else like support mage is in a good spot right now um yeah, support mage i would say is clearly a tier one deck uh mid like Prophecy Mage is in a good spot and did very well during the last Rumble. Uh, yes. I think somebody took that to like a top eight. Uh, myself and PDMD and White Bear all had really good win rates with uh, like mid-range Orcs last season. Yes. Um, I think that, that mid-range Monk is really strong right now. Um, I'm I went like ten and one with mid Sorcerer before the expansion, and I'm like thirteen yeah. and four with mid Sorcerer post expansion yes. right now. Yes. Um, all like like i'm beating the top tier decks yes. so like you can you can play other things and win yes. um i i don't it, there's just this like i don't know there's this difference between like popularity and power level that i think sometimes goes under the radar as well like just because something's popular and you keep running into it doesn't mean that that's the same as like being yeah. too strong well, there are some influential voices in the community too, who, who are repeating this line that like everything in the expansion sucks, and that um, there's only these three decks that you can play, and uh, they're part of the problem. I mean, that's the bottom line on that, right? And I think yeah. that, like there's a responsibility, I think, as a content creator who people listen to, to uh, be optimistic and positive, and at least encouraging people to enjoy themselves. And I think that. While the Legends community is one of the strongest communities, I think, for games out there right now, I mean, I'll be honest, I think it's a great community. It could be a lot, it could be a lot worse. I think it could also be a lot better. Like, I think we just have a couple negative Nancys who have loud voices who are telling people that things are bad. Yeah, and I mean that that's going to happen, and that's and that's entirely fine. I mean, from their perspective, they might be bad. From their perspective, it just might not fit their play style. You know what I mean? Um, or they might be, you know, I think of guys like uh, CVH, for example, who loves to play like Item Sorcerer, which is, you know, considered an off-meta deck. But I know, you know, for example, he said outright before the expansion launched, 
I'm not going to play this for like the first two weeks of the expansion because I expect a bunch of people to play Memory Wraith right out of the gate and when things calm down I'll pick it back up again. So yeah. like I know he's been catching heat for playing, you know, quote unquote meta decks, but it's also because yeah. like he's just waiting for things to settle down. Yeah. Um, there might be some people in that boat. Uh, uh, somebody in chat says uh, they're really interested to see what uh, decks top tomorrow's events. So if you aren't familiar, yeah. tomorrow is uh, a really awesome gauntlet. You want to participate. There are alternate art lightning bolts that look amazing. Um, I'm also interested to see what tops it, but I want to provide this disclaimer early, which uh -huh. is if you do see the top meta decks there, don't be surprised and don't pigeonhole it as see, you know, there's that confirmation bias. See, I knew that you had to play those to win. You have to remember again that like popularity is a thing. You know, if, if a bunch of people play those decks, even if they have the same power level or win rate as other decks that are completely viable, they're still more likely to end up in like the top eight just because they had more numbers. So yeah. again, I want to, I want to throw that caveat of don't confuse popularity with power level. Yeah, that's true. That is definitely true. It's one of those things too, where those decks also had a lot more time to get refined. And Kaniac was uh, posting in chat, but my bot is dumb and thought uh, that he was posting a link. So I'll repost that for you there, buddy. Well, ever since I spam posted all those porn links, I understand you've had to be a little careful about that sort of thing. Well, <laughs> so fun fact. Um, I, I guess I always knew that you could, but I'd never really played with it. But I figured out where in the settings in Discord you can manually set what game you're playing. So when you're using the Discord platform, if you're playing a game, it'll say like, you know, Charmer's on and playing the Elder Scrolls Legends. Mm -hmm. um, but you can manually set stuff up. So I've made it so that anytime I have Google Chrome open for any reason, it says I'm playing Pornhub. And I've just been giggling nice. about that for like two days. I'm looking at my Bitcoin here. <laughs> it's pretty nice, man. Yeah. Your retirement fund. Thank you very much, Kaniac. I appreciate that. I can understand why that would <laughs> why that would get you timed out. I mean, like, yeah. Every time somebody <laughs> tries to say something positive around here, we yeah. get blue screens of death. Right. Uh, my bot blocks it. So uh, Kaniac in chat, what I had to repost uh, for the audio version. He said, "Here, here to what Justin was saying. Way too much negative before people were even able to play with the cards. Thank you uh, for a voice of reason." So. Maricon wants to know how many pure neutral decks will make the top eight. My guess would be none, but I do think that Factotum decks can be really strong. I think that uh, you can steamroll like a lot of decks with just curving out with a Factotum list. And I also think that uh, I think Dwemer can steal wins from anybody with the right draw. So if you want to be a spoiler this weekend, take a Dwemer list. <laughs> Listen, as somebody who does want to compete tomorrow, yeah. uh, I think it's my duty to say all of you should play mono neutral. And, That's true. and not at all worry about what I'm going to do to you if you do. Um, right. Yeah. Like, I don't think that we'll see mono neutral in the top eight because I'm not saying that it can't do it. Any deck can do it, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's a lot of probabilities, but that's got a lot going against it. I, I don't think mono neutral has a power level to compete on a consistent basis right now and the popularity factor of like that's going to be 
10 people, right? It's going to be Zenith right. Dragon and, you know, a couple others. Well, I mean, like, in the bottom line, unfortunately, too, is that any deck, depending on Halls of the Dwemer, uh, loses so hard to Rage decks, both Warrior and Archer decks. Like, the matchup is basically unwinnable. And that's a popular deck right now, so. Yeah. <clears throat> but that's all right. I mean, I've had success in the ladder with... with with new uh, Dwemer decks, and I've had a lot of fun with it. So, Ray Ray Barker says, I think positivity is important, but the thing that has irked me is people complaining and they haven't tried to build. Well, yeah, that's the thing, is uh, when there are really obvious linear strategies, the type of people who aren't inclined to do a lot of creative deck building are going to be the ones who are first to complain because they're not out there in the trenches putting in the hours that it takes to come up with something new. You know, if the deck, if the, if the expansion had... Uh, a ton of dragon synergy or a ton of uh, you know a new tribe like an Argonian tribal theme um, or factotums were more obviously good then uh, those people would be less has less quick to uh, say shit saw me play some ramp warrior on dust stream earlier today did I win <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to know more Justin, is it true your dating swims at night also get wrecked on the ladder? Uh, I am. I'm. We're getting married. Uh, swims at night. Every time, say, every time we have a... Uh... Oh, I won with Night Talon Lord? Oh, fuck yeah. Um, every time that uh, an Argonian shows up on our videos, it's Sander, because you can't hear anything anybody says in that mask, and I do the voice. So, so for the record, I love that their, their name is definitely not Sandy. Yeah. I don't know if you noticed that, but definitely not Sandy asked if you're dating swims at night. Oh, God damn it. I didn't even notice that. Now I'm looking <laughs> in the bedroom. Oh, damn it, Sandra. <laughs> She's waving at me. All right, yeah. That, that moment when you talk with your fiancé and don't know you're talking with your fiancé about your fiancé. Oh. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so, since Americana is hanging out, I did have an idea that i want to pass along right yeah minor yes. low priority but yes. um i've been loving what you guys have been doing with the playmats the new art that you added is great not just for Definitely. clockwork city but some of the like fall of the dark brotherhood stuff um Definitely. you know i saw the brotherhood sanctuary is one what i want though is one that doesn't have art but actually has words what i want is the text for the lusty argonian maid as the background of a playmat right like instead of yeah. it being a scroll just kind of like you can still give it the the brownish look but have it be like an open book you know like laying there and the right. the spine of the book separates the lanes and then i just want the text for our uh, the lusty argonian maid that's some x-rated stuff right there dude i know but man that would be so so funny to me i feel like a lusty argonian maid video needs to be created what do you think the limitation to implement a tribe mechanism a la Lorwyn Shadowmore expansion in, in Magic? Uh, I mean, that'd be interesting. Give each color a tribe and make that the focus of an expansion. It's another way to do the horizontal power you know, distribution that we were talking about. Where you have cards that whose synergy encourages you to run them as opposed to supporting existing deck archetypes. And we talked about that a few, like a month or two ago, about how there are ways that you can increase diversity with while increasing the card pool um because you know we we've talked about a lot about how 
as decks get more refined, like an increased card pool can diminish deck diversity because there are more clear must run best deck, best card type things. Um, and I think uh, going full tribal is a way to avoid that. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I have no complaints about this expansion's power level. I'm looking at the, I'm looking through the cards right now, and like almost none of these are at a power level that's not playable and constructed. It's a matter of where do you fit them, and where you fit them is not in existing decks most of the time. I mean, Daring Heist says draw two cards. Daring Heist does says, say draw two cards, bro. I cast that the other day, and I still lost the fucking game. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah. So... Here's the thing, right? Um, yeah. <laughs> first, I want to acknowledge because the notifications are off for the, the podcast. Uh, yeah. Because we record the audio. But thank you, Kazoo Croc, for, uh, for cheering. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, I, I want to say that I think that the tribe thing is a really cool idea. But uh, as, as an amateur designer, right? There are some problems with trying to do that as a set. Like one, you can't do it with a small set. Um, you'd have to do it with something large to have a bigger card pool. Yeah. And in a game like Legends, uh, you kind of would have to, you, you'd have to cross some challenges, right? There's technically 10 different classes in Legends. So you'd have to decide right up front, like, do I want 10 different tribes or are we gonna do just like attribute tribes? And then from that point on, you have to make sure you do a great job of making each tribe feel unique. Because, mm -hmm. like, let's be honest, it's pretty boring design if, like, it's just I play guys from my tribe and then my tri tribe guys get bigger, right? Like, right. we can could, we could play, you know, Forsaken Champions all day long. Um, yeah. But that that's not really fun. So you got to do something to make the tribes feel unique. So you're already, like, maximum of 10, minimum of 5 unique, new-feeling things. And then you have to create enough cards to accentuate those tribes mm -hmm. and then after you've done all that you don't have a lot of room like left in a set but then the other thing is is like you have to make those cards good enough and attractive enough that people play it yeah but you don't want them to overshadow everything else that you've done and so when you try to like nail the power level and the uniqueness but also like leave room for design choices and and deck building choices because you don't want to like put things on rails like let's yeah. be honest Hearthstone has done that a couple of times in the past where there are you know like decks that build themselves like it's very clear like they they right. designed certain expansions where they were like this is the deck that you're going to play if you play hunter right yeah so i i don't think that that's the route to go um so like the tribe idea is cool um but there are a lot of like hurdles to getting it right is i guess I what i'm trying to say i agree I mean, like, I, I'm, again, I'm not even an am amateur designer. Like, my card design skills are non-existent. So I'm just speaking from a, a guy who plays a lot of fucking games <laughs> perspective <laughs> when I talk about this stuff. But yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. And Hannibal does point out uh, in the chat there are, uh, like, racial tribes already, right? There's orcs mm -hmm. and goblins and, and mm -hmm. things like that that already have uh, synergy, but... Um, I also think it's important to note that you can do the the tribal thing without it necessarily being racial too, right? Like they could uh, release a set that was based on like factions. So like uh, Elder Scrolls Online, for example, splits, uh, you know, people across different factions. And so maybe they could do something like that. Or maybe, maybe they did a set where they, instead of doing it by attribute or by class, 
they had stuff across the different attributes and classes, um, but just represented a certain, like, faction feeling as a tribe, right? And you just, like, build up into the three from Elder Scrolls Online or, or something like that. that yeah, I can be, see that. That could be neat. I agree. I like that. Well, I, you know, I honestly hadn't thought about the factions thing, but the more I think about it, the more excited I am by that idea. Yeah. That's good. So, Esoteric... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, you're good. I was going to say, Esoteric Pen 77 writes, So what's the meta now? I've been really out of the loop. Uh, the meta is super diverse. That would be my answer to that. Uh, it's great. I mean, people are playing all sorts of interesting stuff. Um... There are some decks that are more refined than others, but it's it's a good time. If you're looking for the best decks that have sort of refined lists, you're looking at, you know, Aggro Crusader. Um, we talked about this a little bit earlier. Aggro Crusader, uh, Midrange Monk, Ramp Scout. Control uh, Archer. Control Archer, Ramp Archer, yeah. Um, support Mage, Mid Mage. Wait, wait, wait. What kind of ramp archer are you playing, and how do I get on that battle? Oh, I, I, meant, <laughs> I meant rage archer. That's I know you did, I know. Just, you're going to give people, like, nightmares. Yeah, that's true. Control Sorcerer is popular. There's a lot of people playing the No Fun Sorcerer deck. See, I'm curious about uh, Hannibal's experience. So Hannibal in chat says, on ladder, it's only ramp and tokens and aggro if you're in the lower ranks. Now, I'm curious what ranks like the lower ranks means because again that hasn't been my experience at all lately i've played against more mm -hmm. mage than anything else yeah yeah i've played a lot against against a lot of mage a lot of mage and different kinds of mages like traditional control mage support mage token mage has been coming back mm -hmm. scout otk with ring of imaginary might yeah i did that on stream this week <laughs> yeah that could be fun. It was. It was good times. So, Kaniac says ranks 12 through 5 is officially lower ranks. All right, well. Yeah. I guess once you get to rank 5, it gets really diverse. I don't know. I can't I can't speak to anything yeah. past that. but That's been my experience, too. Um, yeah. So, one of the things I was going to pose as a question, just kind of in general, um, mm -hmm. because it... Because it relates both to the meta, but also past conversations I've had. Um, you know, like I had a conversation with Ladder Alice a, a long time ago. Well, not a long time ago, a couple months ago. When he mm -hmm. was moving on to play Hand of the Gods. Mm -hmm. And, you know, him and I were kind of having a, back, having a back and forth because I was, uh, you know, basically... I mean, you know my stance on Hand of the Gods. Like, I'm not a fan of the game. I don't think it's, like, well-refined. It kind of feels like a hot mess. Yeah, same here. Um, I feel the and, exact same way. It's the game I regret and, most spending money on. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> you know, I was trying to make that stance that, like, I think he was only jumping because of the competitive scene, and yeah. and he, like, kind of countered with, like, yeah, but that's, like, all that matters because, like, it doesn't matter as much if the mechanics are fun. It just matters, like, if he can compete and feel like he's getting better as a result. And mm -hmm. so then we, we came to this, like, this... Uh, almost kind of like an epiphany point in our conversation where I just like realized that 
every player has a different thing that makes a game fun to them, right? Like yeah. everybody uh, enjoys a game for different reasons. And some people want to compete. Some people like to win. Some people like to do goofy things, right? It's that, it's that idea yeah. of the old magic, like, you know, Timmy, Johnny, Spike thing. Right. Uh, like even a step further, right? Because it's not even just different types of players, right? It's like literally yeah. what makes a game fun to you? And I, I feel like a lot of the the people that are like complaining about the meta are people who are just in that position where they what makes the game fun to them is like winning, but not deck building potentially. And so like they're yeah. they're they're gonna keep playing what they know wins and not take those risks to do like the other yeah. part. Um, Anyway, my long-winded intro here is that, like, I wanted to ask, like, what makes a game fun to you, right? Mm. Uh, so for me, my favorite thing to do is build new decks. That's my absolute favorite thing to do. Um, I love trying new cards, I love finding new interactions, and I love looking at games like a puzzle. Uh, I prefer playing for the board. I like uh, viewing each game as, like, a kind of a war for incremental value. And um, this is, you know, that's why I don't really like combo decks. Although, I mean, to be fair, I, I play quite a few combo decks. But I, li I like playing, uh, I like fighting for control. And I don't mind if my win condition in most of my games is my opponent concedes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that means I've done, the, I, that's, that's how the games that I feel like I've played well end. And so that's why you have your deep-seated hatred of aggro, because you never feel like the incremental part matters? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it just is ignoring my favorite part of the game. My favorite part of actually playing the game, um, which is making valuable, making value trades, screwing up combat math for my opponent. Um, you know, making leveraging my three drop for more value than my opponent's three drop is a, is a satisfying feeling for me, just as an example. That's what I like to do. Yeah, that's why I like Daring Heist. It says draw two cards. I don't <laughs> like that I have to attack in order to trigger it. <laughs> But that's one of the reasons that I love playing support mage. Um, I, I've traditionally sort of, you know, shied away from control mage, um, but this is why I, I was really into scout, uh, or, you know, a year ago or more now, um, because back before scout had a bunch of good tools, scout was just uh, me seeing how many games I could win on the back of ramping into um, blood magic lord and then leveraging the extra resources that that generated. Um, and I, you know, I love playing. The long game, you know, that's how I, that's how I view, how, I view, how I like to play. What about you, man? What what do you like? What do you look for in this game? Um, oh God, it's like I'm a giant nerd, so there's a bunch of stuff. Like, I guess I'm I'm reflective enough that I can enjoy a game for different reasons. Like when I play a game, um, even when I play a game, like I can go into games with different mindsets, right? Uh, I like to play to compete. Like, I'm, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't like tournaments. I love tournaments. I love the idea of trying to uh, figure out, like, what the most efficient way is to, like, attack a problem, quote-unquote, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, working in technology, I've got a, like, similar mindset, but I've just always been, like, a puzzle solver. It's kind of like you said, like, I like solving puzzles. I've been a puzzle solver for a long time, and I think tournament play and that experience really lends itself to solving a puzzle if you will um mm -hmm. i do also like that idea of like getting better 
Um, you know, I I work in academics. Uh, I'm a, I'd like to consider myself a lifelong learner, and one of the rules of thumb is if you ever find yourself being like the smartest guy in the room, you find a different room, right? Like that's how you grow and learn. And I think competitive play is a great way to facilitate that as well. You can find people who are better than you, learn from mm -hmm. them, do those things. So like, I like that part of games, mm -hmm. but I also like, unlike some people, I, I can like flip a switch and go immediately to like what I call my casual commander magic mode. Where, like, mm -hmm. I really just want to sit around and see what the craziest combo I can pull off is. Like, sometimes I just get in a mood where I'm like, I want to take a 10-minute turn. Because yeah. I want to do so much and pull off something just insane. Right. That, like, that's my goal, right? Yeah. Um, so, like, I can enjoy that. Uh, specifically about this game and what keeps me coming back to it is I really enjoy the way a lot of the mechanics represent flavor of cards. Um, from, like, a design standpoint, that goes a long way with me. So, you know, and, and uh, if you've seen my YouTube video on Hand of the Gods, you know that was a big chunk of my rant there, right? Like, how do you yeah. have uh, a character like Zeus, right? Zeus is known for a couple of things, right? Throwing right. lightning bolts, right? having sex with, like, anything that comes near him, and, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and being really harsh when it comes to, like, doling out punishment, right? Like, right. banishing Apollo... Like, being moody, right? Like, that's Zeus. Like, so what do they do in, in Hand of the Gods? They're like, oh, by the way, Zeus is uh, a leader and he is supportive. Like, he doesn't throw mm -hmm. lightning bolts at people and he buffs the other gods. Like, he makes he makes them better, you know, because Zeus is like a friendly guy and that's what he's known for. Like, it just, mm -hmm. it just shatters. And they do that for a lot of the, the deities, but like, it just shatters my you know, my suspension of uh, disbelief when I'm, like, playing the game because it doesn't, you know, right. represent things. Like, if you play board games at all, if you've ever played games, uh, like, from Fantasy Flight Games, for example, uh, those guys do a great job of making, like, board game mechanics mimic what you're trying to do in-game or in whatever IP the game is for. Um, yeah. Stuff like that goes a long way with me, and I think this game does it well. You know, stuff like Blood Dragon, where... I really feel like it's flying around the field, just hitting whatever it wants, or... Yeah. Yeah. Blood Dragon is cool. And I like that, too. You know, I'm a big fan of the Elder Scrolls uh, intellectual property. Uh, I've played hundreds of hours of Skyrim. I have no idea how any of the stories end, because I just wander around. Uh, but, yeah. I know that Merak is an important character in that story. Never seen him. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but I just, you know, I just, I find the classic fantasy stuff, like the lizard people and the, the knights with shields and shit, I find all that stuff really interesting, and that part really appeals to me, too. That said, I'd give a sci-fi game a shot. You know, there's just traditionally not been a lot of that in this, in this, uh, type of game. So, Ray Ray asked, uh, who's your commander? Uh, the truth is... Pretty much anyone I can get my hands on. Like I, yeah, I will play anything goofy. Like usually I pick the commanders that let me just do insane things. Like if we're playing with a big table full of people, um, I love going with like Haidetsugu because there's nothing like turning <laughs> your commander sideways and just watching everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like that's exactly get the fuck out of here, right? Like I like, I just like doing silly things when I play commander, so. I used to have a couple of commander decks. I had uh, Celestial Kieran, 
It's a legendary spirit from Kamigawa. White creature says when you cast a spirit, destroy all non-land permanents with its converted mana cost. And uh, I had uh, Bosch Iron Golem because I wanted to play a bunch of artifacts. You know, just silly stuff like that. When when I wanted to go like full dick mode, I forget the name of it right now, but there's the uh, there's like a blue three drop creature that's a legend, and it's when you attack an opponent, you can play an artifact from their deck. And in commander, oh, yeah. in commander, he is like bonkers because you're like, okay, I take mana vault, and the next turn, I right. take like soul ring, and then you just continue right. to like get your advantage that way. Like he was like a ramp commander in many ways because yeah. people were gonna run artifacts that ramped, and, and, and he has island them. walk. <laughs> yeah. yeah dude has island walk and i mean i feel like you're probably playing islands in commander yeah so like i used to love playing him so let's say let's say somebody's not sure somebody's not building their own deck but they want to play the gauntlet this weekend and they want to be vaguely competitive where do you think they should start i mean it depends on what they're comfortable with you know as much as i say the meta is diverse you know if you're the kind of person who you haven't tried anything new then i would say stick with what you know that's fair yeah i think people are always better off playing decks they're familiar with than decks that have like some sort of i mean if it's possible to objectively me measure this some sort of higher power level yeah so i mean i would start with that you know the big three even if you're not playing them you should expect to see them um because yeah. again popularity so you will see ramp scout you will see aggro crusader you will see rage archer yeah um, so what's the tech choice? What has good matchups, or what are good cards against those three decks? I, I mean, I have my answer. I mean, I have my answer, and I, I kind of don't want to say because I'm going to play it. Um, yeah. I've been having a lot of success with Mid-Sorcerer lately. Yes, um, that's a really good one. That is a Mid really Sorcerer good... does really well against Rage Archer because you can take control yeah. of the field lane early, Yes, um, which yes. is important in that matchup. The wards help protect you from breakthrough damage from rage. The wards help protect you from like the lethal pings. Not to say they right. can't get around it, but they have to do extra work. Um, so you can usually snowball your advantage there. Um, it's a classic mid-range deck, so unless they yes. get like the perfect opener with like level three drain vitalities, you probably beat Scout. And yes. uh, they got new tools that really help against Agro Crusader. So like even last uh, season before the expansion. I was doing really well against aggro anyway by just taking value trades to snowball board position and then go for like a one or a two turn kill. Mm. But uh, now with the addition of like Galen and Barrow Stalker, for example, you can yeah. even start stabilizing a little bit sooner uh, with mid sorcerer, and that's been doing a ton of work. Like I Galen to Barrow Stalker against an aggro crusader, and then proceeded to draw two five six drain guards, and it was like instant concede on their part. Like, what do they do? So, I like that. Um, now, do you run Hollow Death Priest in that list? Uh, I currently do not. Because uh, I've, saying... I've noticed, I feel like Hollow Death Priest. I mean, like its game against Scout is good. Its game against Control Mage is good. I think its game against Ramp decks, or I'm sorry, against Rage Archer though, is it's where it shines, right? That deck doesn't have a ton of things that it can valuably rage. So, yeah, but the problem, though, is that you don't need to use Unstoppable Rage to win the game. You just need to use it to not lose the game. That's so, true. That's so true. I think that even if you hit, you know, Vigilant Giants left and right, let's say, with your Hallow Death Priest, 
Right. All it's going to take is one successful, like, Moonlight Werebat into Rage for them to gain all their health back. And, yeah, uh, that's true. Then, then you're probably, you know, not in a good position, right? So, that's fair. for me, I haven't been running it because I firmly believe in getting the board early and then snowballing that position. I think that's what Sorcerer excels at. I don't think uh, that the class does well, uh, at least when you're playing mid-range. Uh, I don't think it does well playing from behind. Um, yeah. So I run a very low curve one. Um, uh, mm -hmm. Like I, I think I'm running like six one drops and like 15 two drops just to ensure that no matter what, I'm getting possession of the field lane yeah. um, and then going from there. I do, however, run, and I'm not ashamed to say it, and I will make no uh, excuses for it. I do run Worm King's Agent. I think the card is better than people gave it credit for. Yeah. Um, you know, I defended it all on stream this week after like everyone coming in and saying how junk it was even though i kept winning with it um yeah. it's better than it looks it doesn't it doesn't look impressive at the start because you see seven costs for a four four and you go meh but right. it has a lot of text on it it's a very strong tempo play um there are enough cards in the meta right now that at seven you're likely still going to kill something, right? Like, it's easy to say, like, okay, it only does two damage. You know, what's that even going to do for me on turn seven? Still kills uh, Fighters Guild recruits, Thieves Guild recruits, Tree Minders, kills pretty much everything uh, that's in, like, the Aggro Crusaders. Um, like, you're going to have something to kill. If you don't have something to kill uh, with that alone, um, you have plenty of ward creatures you can trade in to, like, pre-set up. Uh, yeah. the slay uh, yeah. you've got fire bolts I mean there's a number of ways to make sure he triggers and when he triggers he's great you're you're paying seven for six six worth of stats that mm. also provide a guard to help protect your guy has slay upside and pulled something off your opponent's board right like yeah. people play sheer point dragon and I know they play it for drain vitality synergy I know they play it for curse synergy but like it's a four four for six that you kill something right it's a tempo play this is yeah. a four four for seven that kills something, but also spawns you another body and has the potential to spawn more, right? Like, uh, yeah. In in a list like mid sorcerer that's already gonna have board position and continue to snowball, he's been great for me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I stand by it. He is not the junk card people uh, said he is. So, I agree. Um, yeah, that's what I that's what I'm probably gonna play tomorrow as far as yeah. like how do I tech against the big three, if you will. Right. Uh, that being said, I think there's other decks that can do it as well. I don't think that's the only one. I think uh, mid-orcs are in a good spot. I think support mage is in a great spot. Um, yeah. But yeah. if you're looking for, like, how I would analyze, okay, how do I try to give myself a, a shot at beating those three, like, that's my, my thought process. So the deck I was planning on playing is support mage, just because I've been playing the shit out of that deck, and I love it. And I feel like it has good matchups against most things. But I think that if you really want to go out there with a spoiler deck that has a consistent win rate, I think I think you should look at mid monk. I think that uh, I think you beat Crusader with Dawnstar Healer <laughs> and bigger creatures. I think you beat uh, a lot of decks kind of doing a slightly worse version of the snowbally type game that mid sorcerer wants to do. And I think you, I think that, for example, I think that's how you beat Scout. And I think that uh, 
Rage Archer is going to be your tough matchup, but I think that you're going to be able to put enough pressure on your opponent that it's going to take a perfectly timed Rage on 7 in order to get back into the game. I think Mid Monk is real strong right now. Mid Monk is great. Um, I'd like to highlight two cards that I think make it much better than it used to be, and they're from the expansion. So I know, lo- I know low, what cards you're going to talk about. Low power level people take note here. Um, number one is Phalanx Exemplar. Yes, massive, massive body for the stats. Very when I lose to Mid Monk, it's because that guy drops down on four or five. Yeah, like he he helps take control of lanes. He helps protect the guys you've already played against Agro Crusader. Yeah. He's both a threat and an answer. Yes. Uh, and number two is the Clockwork Apostle. Because Absolutely. Because it provides Monk with additional reach. Like in the past, it was basically like you had Cliff Racers and Tazcad. Maybe you ran Dawnbreaker. Yes. Um, now you've got additional reach that also provides you like board presence. Uh, yeah. Fantastic card. So I think Mid Monk is also in a great spot. Um, totally I think, agree. I, I I do think that you are correct. So where where that deck would struggle against, uh, let's say Archer, where I think that the Sorcerer version shines is just because um, it still struggles a little bit with the lethal side, right? Yes. The, the reason I've been having success with Sorcerer is because the wards definitely help you against the uh, Archer's Gambit. Um, mm. That being said, uh, Mid Monk does still have the tools to push through that. Uh, yeah. It's not like it's a death sentence in that matchup, but I, I do think that one has a slightly more difficult time. Totally agree. I think that there are a lot of good tier one options for uh, for going into the gauntlet tomorrow. Yeah, they are both on meta and off meta. I mean, like I said, look, if you're, you know, if you want to play Agro Crusader, play it. Like, if that's what you're familiar with, I, I say play what you're familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not going to be surprised if those decks do well. They've been doing well for months for a reason. Um, right. But they're not by any means the only thing uh, that you have, you know, as your options available. Totally agree. The thing that I have to complain about this week, though, is the, the we only have a 12-hour window to play in the Scholar. <laughs> like, when... Yeah. So, Right before the show started, I was talking to Charm. I was like, yeah, I'm going on vacation tomorrow at noon. But Sandra said that she she's okay if I play tomorrow night in the hotel, the gauntlet. And I don't get to do that. So I have to find a way while driving from Denver to Santa Fe tomorrow to get in my 12 games. And I am a little heartbroken by that. Yeah. I will, I will say that I am also heartbroken. Um, I benefit a little bit more being in the East Coast time zone, so like it's right. less punishing to me. But yeah, um, I mean, I, you know, I was telling you uh, before the podcast, I have a family trip also planned tomorrow. Yeah, um, here in Michigan, there's like this huge Christmas store that's well known called uh, Bronner's, and even though like I'm not really a big Christmas person, it's never really been my thing. Um, I have kids and when you have kids, like, you know, the drill. So every year we, we take the kids, we usually, you know, buy like a family ornament and like, let the kids see Santa and see all this stuff. And it's a fun time. Mm -hmm. Um, but we're, that's like, you know, a drive away from us. It's not like we're right around the corner. And so I got to get up, drive there, do all that, and then rush back so I can play like in the last two hours so that I can also fit it in. Right. Like the, the window is is a little rough but well it's a little bad it's a little shitty (laughs) but 
you know, I played a lot of Magic tournaments in person. You know, I've driven to my share of, like, Grand Prix and things. Like, I've right. I've had times where I've spent, like, five hours in the car to play for, like, 12 hours and then drive home. So, yeah. you know, at least they give us a window. It could just be, like, this is the start time. You have to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, I mean, uh, silver linings, I guess, right? At least we have a window. That's true. Yeah, I mean, I can't point too much. I'm super excited to do this, and I'm really pleased that we're getting the opportunity to get some new lightning bolts. They look beautiful. Um, I mean, I pay a thousand gold just for the lightning bolts. I have, I don't know, seven, ten thousand gold or something like that. Like, yeah, I don't even know what to do with it. So, I, this is good. I will, I will throw out uh, complaint number two. Yes. So far, the alternate art premiums are. Uh, are ones that I've already had playsets of. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it's like, oh, I already have premium lightning bolts. Now, don't get me wrong. I love the new ones. They look gorgeous, and I'm going to, like, use them. But mm-hmm. it, it would be kind of nice if, like, it was ones I hadn't already crafted. Yeah, I hear that. <laughs> oh. They are gorgeous, though. Absolutely. I'm really excited about them. It's good times, man. Shinar in chat says that there are ten alternate art premiums now let's check it out let's go to promotional let's see if without me looking let's me uh see if i can think about we got the stone two scrapper yep uh dapper defender yep crushing blow Um, crushing blow and uh the black sap yep we've got the guy uh, she tells you not to worry about protector (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh oh yeah that's actually that's a really good uh you know that you could take the two, the the old one and the the premium one, and you could also do that like uh, Tinder profile versus reality meme. That's pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> you got piercing javelin. Yep. And uh, swims at night. And oh yeah. And Lanath. That's yeah, true. Forgot about swims. The new lightning bolt, if you count that. I think you're forgetting. You're, I know. I know when you're forgetting. You ready yeah. for this? Ash servant. Oh yeah, and that makes me so sad because the alternate art, like on that it's one, amazing. is gorgeous. Yeah. It's Sorry, I was amazing. trying to think of the name of the the one red drop sharpshooter scout, right? Yes, sharpshooter okay. scout. I couldn't think of the second word in my head. I was like, is it really scout? Like, it's weird that that's a scout card, not in the scout class. <laughs> like, I don't know why I got hung up on that. Yeah. Um. Yeah, David but yeah, but that one. Tonight. But yeah, Ash Servant, the premium art for Ash Servant looks gorgeous, and it makes me sad that, like, I, I never have an excuse to play it. I, it makes me wonder, too. Like, any kind of card is legendary, and I don't understand why. I'm like, maybe this card's power level is higher than I understand. <laughs> so seeing the promo Ash Servant, right, I'm just like... Because this card has never been in Constructed, right? I mean, like, it's seen some fringe play over the last year and a half. Yeah, I, I think I played it, like, in the first month and a half of open beta and then never right. looked back i mean maybe doomcrag sorcerer wants to run it <laughs> yeah maybe that's actually I mean, legit sure i i gotta put that deck together now <laughs> yeah what else would you run in doomcrag sorcerer uh um all, uh, all of the other cards in mid sorcerer <laughs> i mean we're, yeah, we're worm king right like he fits there Wow, that does make it... It makes it a Manticora. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. 
obviously High King because he triggers Doomcrag. I'm trying to think of things that you would actually like yeah. do the damage with. Brutal Ashlander. Yeah, Brutal Ashlander. Uh, Shit, you might be able to two for one with the Brutal Ashlander with the Doomcrag. This isn't the worst idea I've ever heard, actually, now that I'm thinking about this. <laughs> yeah. Let's do a little brew session here. Yeah, I um, mean... I mean, it makes your Harpies trade up pretty well, right? It if you does. Hit uh, oh, Shannara says Staff of Sparks. Yeah, that's kind of fantastic. Yeah. And, and Drez Tormentor. Yeah, I don't know about the Drez Tormentor, but Staff of Sparks is up there. That is really good, yeah. Hmm. Like... Like, that's the sort of meme that makes your opponent auto-concede. Like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. poor man's unstoppable rage right there. I I actually am really intrigued by this idea. I've never put this together. I mean, you I've know, played Doomcrack Warrior quite a bit. Uncano triggers it, obviously. Yeah, that's true. He's like an auto-include. Um, you get to run Galen, which is a great reason to run purple. <laughs> oh, Galen on Ash Servant suddenly makes it pretty good. Yeah. Uh, you got your Soul Terrors to get back. Uh, mm-hmm said things as well oh man this is pretty interesting actually lucian lachance you get to run lucian with ash servant and stuff sure why not i mean he's also yeah. got lethal as well right huh. there's no like crossbow effect that's in those colors though right it's just, this is not the worst idea we've had on stream. <laughs> it's not the worst. No, not by any means. Like, I've certainly had much worse ideas, but... Yeah. This is, uh... This is interesting. Uh, Mudcrab Ankle Snapper kills your opponent right away. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's how that works, right, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, Odeving? Yeah, I guess yeah, that does keep lethal Odeving. Maybe Lanath to find something. I mean, I think you run Shadowmere. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, you always run Shadowmere, right? Like, Yeah, it's got some pretty nice anti-synergy with Ravenous Crocodile. Probably run... Do you run Journey to Sovereign Garden in a deck like that? I think you can make an argument for running Journey to Sovereign Garden every deck. I mean, not, I mean, not really, but, like, I mean, it's not terrible either. Oh, that's actually fair. So, Makmilov in chat says Fabricate, because uh, the creatures yes. you create with Fabricate have a chance to have the ping effect. That's a good call. I totally agree with that. That is actually pretty uh, solid there. If any of you guys play this in the gauntlet tomorrow and you happen to get 12 wins, don't forget to plug the podcast. <laughs> right? Huh. <laughs> Yeah. Doomcrag Sorcerer. Yeah, and then, I mean, you need some life gain tools. I think Barrow Stalker is the obvious choice there. And then... Yeah. Yeah. I like it. And you know what? You you have the benefit of, like, Ash Servant incidentally being a reasonable card against Crusader. Do you have enough of a curve, hear me out, to warrant running, like, one or two Altar of Despairs? Because mm. with Shadow Mirror and Brutal Ashlanders on one, a healthy number yeah. of two drops... Um, I mean, you're going to have some stuff at three, Ash Servant at four. Yeah, it's not the worst idea. I feel like Ash Servant is, I'm not Ash Servant, I feel like Altar is in a bad place right now, to be honest. I mean, I do too. There's a lot of support uh, removal, but yeah. that's what I was saying, like as a one or a two of. Yeah, I can see it. As a win condition against Altar Mage. <laughs> huh. Wamasu? Uh, 
If nah, it's still in th- face, I'd say sure. Yeah, I agree with that. But yeah, otherwise I don't think you run Wamasu. Ray Ray Barker says, I'm going to play it right now. This is why Ray Ray Barker is a community treasure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, the only person, by the way, who's done our show who wants to come back. (laughs) (laughs) Also true. (laughs) We really should uh, make more use of the theory crafting section in my Discord. I feel like that's uh, that's our stomping grounds. Alright. I think it's time to talk some legends. What is up, dude? How's your week been? Busy. Hectic. Hectic? Yeah. You know. Yeah, one of, the, one of those weeks. One of those weeks. Two jobs eats up a ton of time, and then I'm also, like, trying to produce content because of the expansion. Right. It's been hard. Mostly, my second job, my teaching job, is, like, finals week, so... Yeah. That's always intensive. I did rickroll my students this week, though. So I yeah. got that going for me, yeah. Where the final exam exists, I put up a link that uh, I labeled final exam answers, but when you click on it, it's Rick Astley. <laughs> That's good times, dude. Good. Well done. Welcome, everybody, in chat. Immortal King, Zombie Hunter, Ray, ba- Ray Ray Barker. Good to see you all. Hello, hello. How was, how was your week? My week was... So I've been fasting for a week to, for the celebration of Bodhi Day, which is today. It's a Buddhist holiday. And uh, I broke fast today, and I uh, got real sick afterwards and had to take a nap. <laughs> so that's been my day. And that's been my week. And, uh, you know, we had a quarterly meeting for a sunset review for a grant I'm working on that went really well. And um, basically got told our agency is awesome. Well, uh, yeah. Life is good. That's good. That's good. Any, yeah, anything else exciting happen? Get any fun gifts in the mail? <laughs> you know what I did? I'll let everybody know. Charmer was kind enough to give me a gift. He sent me a Christmas gift. Uh, don't celebrate Christmas, but it, it was an amazing gift. He sent me a Bitcoin. <laughs> so no. I am uh, now going to retire. And, you know, that I assume as my understanding of economics goes, uh, it's just going to appreciate in value forever. And, uh, yeah, now, it, it's worth noting that this is a physical Bitcoin replica <laughs> and not one of the, uh, no, 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 no. As, it's a real, real Bitcoin <laughs> as, as of market close today, you know, digital Bitcoin worth 16 and a half thousand dollars. <laughs> this podcast is really profitable. <laughs> yeah. However, this... I mean, if you guys would like to send Justin or I Bitcoins, you can feel free. I'll give you an address. You can just send them right to us. If you want to donate this... via Bitcoin. Yeah. This is uh, my Bitcoin right here. Yeah, Justin Larson is set for life. Santa was just kind enough to give that to me. Yeah, so that was a great gift. And we're going to find you something uh, suitable in San Diego. <laughs> so be on, be on the lookout for that. Suitable, oh gods. Yep. Yeah, we are. So this week, tomorrow, uh, Sandra and I are beginning our vacation. Uh, we are going to drive to Santa Fe tomorrow, and uh, we're going to stay there for two nights because we love Santa Fe. And then we're going to drive to Flagstaff, see uh, Meteor Crater, and then we're driving to San Diego, and we're going to uh, spend a week there. You know, r- real What's talk. Up? Yeah, let's go. I. Hmm. 
you said Meteor Crater. I would love to go see the Meteor Crater, and I, for the longest time, like, I'm not a big jewelry person, basically, like, just the wedding ring, but, like, for the longest yeah. time, I've been wanting very, very bad to get one of those, like, meteorite rings, because, mm -hmm. uh, the, the metal, if you guys are unfamiliar with it, when it's, like, brushed and actually done up from actual meteorite is amazing looking. Like, mm -hmm. it's very, very cool. Yeah, I'm very excited about that. I think it's going to be cool. I think that, uh, you know, we just like to go to neat places. Uh, last year we got engaged in, um, we went to Deadwood, South Dakota, and we don't drink or gamble, so there wasn't a whole lot to do there. But we had a great time seeing uh, uh, national parks and stuff in the area. And uh, this year we are going to take a trip to somewhere a little warmer. <laughs> 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 We've learned our lesson. <laughs> so... It's good that you're going to see the national parks while we still have them. That That's true. Great. That's true. I believe that uh, they're no longer called national parks. They're called uh, future mining sites. <laughs> yeah. Really but hits me in the feeling. But 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 don't worry. It's uh, it's still better for the environment than uh, digital mining. So. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's, I guess it could be yeah. <laughs> Oh, fun times. Absolutely. So, so yeah, if you want to donate to Justin via Bitcoin, you know, he doesn't have an address, but I'd be happy to give you one. Uh, get the fuck out of here. You're not giving my address to anybody. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not your address. Like, a Bitcoin address. Basically, I want I want people uh, to send me Bitcoins. Mm. Absolutely. You can support this programming by donating us Bitcoins anytime. Yeah. Or if you're not going to send us them, but you're going to purchase them for yourselves, I can get you a referral link. Extra $10 if you spend 100 Sure, absolutely. You can own one one-thousandth one, one, one thousandth of a Bitcoin. That's exciting. It's probably not even one one-thousandth right now. What's up, things, Jason? Things have been legit insane, but it's just because like banks are getting ready to get into it. Right on. So, Sounds uh, good. No, it sounds horrible. It sounds like the worst thing that could happen to it. Like I'm, everyone's talking about uh, like how good that's going to be, and I'm expecting them to ruin it for everybody. Because when do they not ruin everything? You know. I mean, it, I'm pretty sure just a couple weeks ago I said this sort of thing was inevitable. Well, <laughs> I know, but like for different reasons, though, right? Like this is inevitable because like once the banks get in, they're just going to be like the no fun police. They're basically casting Mechanar over and over and over again. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, no, Ray Ray, we're not the Winklevoss twins. We did not start the Gemini exchange and become billionaires off Bitcoin. No. I had an import-export business in my 20s that didn't really pan out and decided to go legit. <laughs> oh, is that what you did? For some reason, I thought you were a street pharmaceutical rep. That, that, I, that is actually a more accurate description of what I did. <laughs> yeah. So this is this is a this is a cool time in Legends. <laughs> I'm just gonna immediately get off that subject. Uh, this is a cool time in Legends because we've begun to see people uh, people experimenting with well, people refining new decklists, right? And there's been a lot of complaints all over the Reddit about uh, the power level of the new cards and what they're not doing to the meta and what they are doing to the meta. Just like intro comment, where do you weigh in on this? Well, one, I think it's. I think it's early. So, I think it's early, and I think that the the cards in the set will end up making a bigger splash. 
but I didn't expect them to make a big impact right away for a couple of reasons. Uh, the first is that we one we, I mean we've talked about it in the past, but like the saturation of quality cards has went up, mm -hmm. you know, pretty drastically since since the game was released. You know, uh, yeah. to expect this set to have the impact that the Fall of the Dark Brotherhood had, I think, was probably unfair because. When Follow the Dark Brotherhood came out, we basically had Corset and Madhouse, and then that was it. And, you know, when you introduce new cards, like, not only is there a different level of excitement, but quite frankly, like, a lot of those decks were, even at their most refined, still not, like, the best they could be, if you will, because there were some underpowered cards that were making it into those lists. But right. now that we've got Follow the Dark Brotherhood, now that we've got Heroes of Skyrim, most lists were pretty finely tuned, and so now, when a new set comes out, you've got to have like almost like some level of power creep or introduce something entirely brand new that's never been seen before before people consider sticking it in and i think that that's like part one of why i think yeah. this set has had a low initial impact is because people are looking at this set and they're saying you know hey i don't see anything here or i don't see a lot here i guess i should say there are some cards that i think are really good but I don't yeah. see a lot here that are like auto include. I got to stick them in. These are like amazing power level. So, so that's part one of why it's not, I think having the impact people were, were expecting. Um, but part two of it is, is that in my opinion, um, this set is actually filled with a lot of what I would consider to be like answer cards. A lot of the design of this set, in my opinion, was more like lateral than vertical more horizontal than vertical meaning that they were trying to give you more tools to do different things to avoid direct power creep mm -hmm. and in order for those cards to shine things need to shift in a certain direction so like hallowed death priest might be like one of the good examples right in a very control late game heavy meta that card's going to be a superstar in a yep. really fast meta not so much memory right. wraith right great if there's a lot of discard combo oriented decks like if if tomorrow you know master of arms became like you know king of the hill that card rises in value otherwise it's not and so there were a lot of cards in my opinion in the set that were printed like that and right out of the gate those cards aren't going to see a lot of play because people are still going to be kind of playing it safe with the the deck lists that are familiar so when fall of the dark brotherhood came out most people, with the exception of Unstoppable Rage, because everyone looked at that card and, like, naturally there was fanfare, but with the exception of that, most people just took the existing cards and crammed them into other lists and, and called it good. And that's kind of what we're seeing right now, right? People yeah. are saying, hey, these are the cards that could fit into existing lists. And uh, the same thing really happened with Heroes of Skyrim. It wasn't until much later, for example, that I really started seeing, like, Support Mage, even though the tools were there. Because people yeah. were taking Skyrim cards and trying to put them into old lists. And so I think that's what we're seeing now. And because it's old lists, yeah. these like ebb and flow, like, you know, counter meta, counter style cards aren't going to have like the time to shine because they're tech cards and not just straight power creep cards. I can see, I, I, I think you're pretty spot on. I think that's a good analysis. Um, and what I wanted to jump on was something you said about how, uh, I, I guess, let me, this is how I see it, like, sort of like, uh, 
there are fewer cards which are just spikes in power and more cards which are like if you can go up or you can go to the side there are more cards that go into the side of, of the power level of existing cards um, and if you're just running old lists you're not going to think I'm going to try this out yeah no I, I think like that, I think that's you know so far a lot of what people are saying now that, that being said um Oh yeah, I forgot. I forgot about Discord. I'll have to send uh, Ray Ray my no fun police sorcerer list that I'm brewing. Yeah, yeah. Ray, you guys should. I mean, you, why don't you could why don't you link them in chat? Because I mean, like, I, I think they're both pretty good lists. Uh, Charmer's been working on uh, making people uninstall Legends lately by building a lot of no fun decks. He's got a spell sword for a variant and a sorcerer variant that are both pretty unfun looking. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Um... They're for sure not like set. This is like just rough draft section, but basically like I just linked the sorcerer one. Uh, the idea is uh, to play something that just doesn't try to have a hard win condition other than making your opponent concede by making all of their cards disappear. Um, so that's the sorcerer version and I'll link the uh, spell sword version as well. But basically it is like, how do I abuse Mechanar and uh, Death Priest and uh, in the Spellsword version also Shadowfoot to steal cards from my opponent. Um, how do I just do those things over and over and over again so mm -hmm. that uh, they just get frustrated and can see? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a bad person. Like, Yeah. So we've been we've been talking with chat, but we should definitely I think switch to the yes official Q Q and A portion. If you got questions about you know the gauntlet, what you want to run, questions about the meta, questions mm -hmm. about um, the Bitcoin that I got for Justin for Christmas. That's true. He did buy me a Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> it's funnier if we just leave it at that. Yeah, yeah it is funnier. You're right. <laughs> Shannara says he has a similar list to my sorcerer list. Uh, he runs uh, Schemers, Mummifies, Night Tail. Yeah, so I wanted to fit Mummify in. That was actually when I sent it to Justin. I said, I want to try to fit Mummify in, but I couldn't find a spot yeah. that wasn't, like, sacrificing survivability. Mm -hmm. um, and I thought about putting Schemers in, but... There was also, for a while, I had Rift and Pickpocket in, because even though they don't steal an official card from your opponent, it's just more like rubbing salt in the wound. <laughs> Good times. <laughs> I'm not going to lie, I'm building uh, Doomcrag Sorcerer right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could hear the clicks, I assumed that's what you were doing. Yeah. <laughs> That is literally what I'm doing. But yeah, if you guys have questions about Legends, about the Gauntlet this weekend, about the expansion, about our lives, about Bitcoin, what I mean, actually, please don't ask us about Bitcoin, but about anything else, anything in the world, yeah, memes, jokes. Don't ask about Bitcoin. Ask about Litecoin. The fuck is that? <laughs> um, it's one of the like hundreds of cryptocurrencies available, but that one is the one that's like. Every everything Bitcoin should be. It's basically Great. just the better Bitcoin created by a guy from Google. 
Sounds really exciting. Feel <laughs> <laughs> free to ask us about anything. That's what this. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, Mac, I have seen. So Mac asks, uh, "Have you seen the Save Player One video from Bethesda?" I don't know if it's just bad or secretly genius. Uh, I have seen it. It is genius. And, like, I immediately retweeted it when I saw it. Like, I, I love it. I loved everything about that. Um, I don't know what that is. You haven't seen that yet? Linda? Oh, man. I'll, I'll link it to you. Okay. The Bethesda ad um, that they ran during the Video Game Awards. Okay. Um, with Linda Carter talking about how multiplayer games are taking over, but single-player games are great, too. So oh, okay. it's like Safe Player One. It's actually pretty cool. Um, okay. But I liked it. I thought it was really well done. I thought it was genius. Um, I thought it was a good time to debut it for Bethesda because one, they put out a lot of single player games this year, right? Yeah. When you think about like Wolfenstein, Prey, mm -hmm. um, was Doom this year or last year? I feel like Doom might have been last year, but that's close enough. Mm -hmm. um, the Evil Within 2, like they put out a lot of single player games. Um, also, it was a good time to debut it because there was some decent single-player games talked about at the Video Game Awards, which I will say, uh, I don't even know what the game is about yet, but every time I see any sort of footage uh, from Death Stranding, I get more and more excited. That game looks like it's going to be a mindfuck in every way that I want it to be. Hmm. I don't know what that is. I, I will send you literally like the nine-minute-long trailer that they played during the Video Game Awards, mm -hmm. and it... It is. It just looks amazing. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah. Euro the fox says it looks bonkers. Absolutely. All right. Uh, Kenyak asks, uh, "Can you play the gauntlet more than once? You get one. Uh, actually, good question. I think you only get one entry towards the prizes. I don't remember if it locked you out for multiple playthrough afterwards or not. But I know for sure, like your first run is it. Like that's all that counts." Mm -hmm. Zombie Hunter 9 by uh, 19 says, Not to sound too stalker-like, but what time are you going to Bronner's? Um, I don't know the exact time. It's just going to be early in the morning because we have to make the drive back for me to play in the gauntlet. But <laughs> I haven't like set an alarm yet. It'll be basically whenever my wife wakes me up and says, You can't sleep anymore. Get up. Unless I just don't go to sleep. Could be. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to get my gauntlet runs in and, and not... And, like, waking up at 6 a.m. or 5 a.m. local time is uh, seriously <laughs> crossing my mind. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ray Ray Barker says, uh, I've been doing some research about Twitch culture and different people's perspectives and values. Rebroadcasts come up often, followed by drops. Do you think there's a problem? And if so, would you change anything? Um, <laughs> so for me... I I personally don't think that they're inherently a problem, right? Like, I don't think that rebroadcasts are uh, taking away from my viewership, right? I guess I'll put it that way. So That's a good the, way to put it. The, the people that are just going to drop farm are just going to drop farm. They, they're not here to watch me. They're not your, uh, your typical viewer who's going to interact in chat, uh, have a good time, you know, be superstars like all of you are who come back every week. Um, <laughs> I mean, but like seriously though, right? Like, I feel like I've got an extended like group of, group of buddies and friends, and it's 
Yeah, it's like, uh, it reminds me of, like when you were, well, at least when I was young. Um, and you'd get together and have like LAN parties and things like that, and everybody would just play video games and hang out. Like, to me, that's what Twitch is for me now as an adult, right? Like, it's just me hanging yeah. out with my buddies, playing games, and having a great time. So, yeah. the the people who are farming drops and are in the rebroadcasts as a result aren't, aren't going to do that. So, like, I, I don't care about that. Um, I will say, however, that it creates a, like, I don't want to say like a, a black eye on the section, but I mean, it's certainly like the sort of thing that is noticeable and can lead to criticism or ridicule when you go to a video game section and like, you know, the top three biggest streams are one, not even, not, like, not even people that are live, but like sometimes it happens, right? Like, let's just say like, you know, if Crip decided to do a rebroadcast, there's a chance he's probably still going to come in ahead of a lot of Hearthstone streamers. Like, some people just do that based on popularity. But I have seen some rebroadcasts where legitimately, like, the person DC'd and, like, they were just AFK and didn't even notice. So, like, it was, like, hours of a disconnect sc uh, screen, right? So, like, clearly, <laughs> like, this isn't content people are consuming. Like, it's just a farm. Um, and so, for me, what I wish Twitch had for both just vodcasts uh in general but then like also for the rebroadcasts uh like i just wish twitch had a different section you know um like if you yeah, I can see that. you know if you have right now like my channel up you can watch me but you can also click to videos and you can click to clips and things like that i don't see any reason why when you're searching for content um that you can't go to a live section and then to like when i when i go to like who i'm following right i have people who are live and then I have hosts down below in their own section. So I don't see any reason why um, the Twitch can't have like a, here's a vodcast section, here's a live section. Um, and then like rebroadcasts in particular, I also, I just wish that Twitch enforced it a little bit harder because um, like that's what the vodcast tool is for. Now I know that the rebroadcast people are doing it to get around the fact that the drops were like, turned off or minimalized for vodcasts a while ago and so that's why they're doing the rebroadcast thing but um yeah I, like i don't have a complaint about them doing it like they're just they're taking advantage of the situation and uh, uh, whether you think it's okay to do or not like that's life it's gonna happen um i don't think it's taking away from my viewers but i do think that uh twitch could do a better job of like organizing things just to make sure like, from the consumer end, when I go to look for something, I want to find what I'm looking for. And right now, that makes it sometimes difficult, so... Fair enough. I have a theory-crafted Doomcrag Sorcerer list I'm going to post in chat real quick. <laughs> you're... Hey, look. Look. You're, uh, you're a Twitch streamer now, Justin. That's true. That's so, true. I do stream on so, Mondays. So, what do you think? Here's what I think. I think... The, I'm coming at this from sort of a unique perspective from or a unique position as a new new streamer in that like i had like 400 followers on twitch before i had ever streamed once <laughs> <laughs> but uh like i don't give a shit about the rebroadcasters um at all i think that uh if you want to you know watch what you like you know I, I don't care i really don't care at all i think that it's 
I think that people who are live streaming and interacting with our communities and stuff are contributing a lot more to the community in general and are good for the longevity of the game. I don't know that the opposite is true for the rebroadcasters. Yeah. So, because I mean, I agree. I, for the most part, like, I just don't care. Um, yeah. You know, the, the organizational thing is literally, it's more, like I said, for me, it's a complaint directed at Twitch. Uh -huh. directly just because like i think their site could be better organized and i like they're not they're not hurting me they're not harming me i just uh like i said from the consumer standpoint if i'm if i'm new to the game and i'm like oh hey like i picked up this awesome game it's legends like i want to go check something out right and uh -huh. so like if they load up the twitch section and they click on the first stream and it's like a rebroadcast and yeah. you know it says like there's a thousand people in there but like nobody's talking and there's no interaction right. they mean like all right well that's a little weird so then they, yeah. they back out, they go to the second one, and then it's the same thing, and they're like, okay, like, it's Spanish drop guy, and, like, nobody's talking, and this is a little weird. So then they back out, and they go to the third one, and the third one is just, like, a disconnect stream, but it still has, like, 300 viewers, you know what I mean? Like, right. that's the literally the only concern that I have is just, like, I don't want somebody to have that experience and then think negatively of our community as a whole, because I think our community is awesome. Yeah, I agree. Um, but, like, outside of that, I legitimately don't care. And eventually, those people will find us, right? Like, those people will go through other avenues and, and find the people who are live, who are broadcasting. They'll find people on YouTube or whatever and then connect that way. Like, I know they'll get there eventually, but mm -hmm. I can see where that would be like, oh, a bummer, so. Let me ask you a question, and uh, I'm curious what, what Chad thinks about this, too. That's only 41 cards? What the fuck? I must have cut some of it off by mistake. Um, here's my question. Why do you suppose it is that the Legends community, the Legends Reddit, like, doesn't suck? You know what I mean? Because, like, so many Reddits are just, like, trash can fires of just, like, awfulness. Well, one, there are days where I, I do, like, I open Reddit, I get, like, a few posts in, and I go, I'm done with Reddit for today. I'm not going to say it doesn't happen in our community. It happens everywhere. But ours is significantly better... Yeah. Um, and I think this is going to sound kind of weird, right? But like, I almost think that it is the way that it is because it's more of a casual game and there's not a lot invested in it yet. Mm -hmm. Like, I know that there's a lot of people crying for a tournament scene and don't get me wrong. If they said there was one coming tomorrow, I would be really excited. Right. Mm -hmm. But kind of the lack of that like large-scale presence also means that there's less people like really opinionated and heavily invested in it the way they are in other games that are like kind of pushing that to the forefront i don't know if that's it but like that's the only thing that i can see is an immediate difference between the two mm -hmm. um, because the minute that people feel like there is like something on the line right it's like it's more easy to get worked up for example about uh balance changes if tomorrow i was going to play in a fifty thousand dollar tournament versus tomorrow i'm going to play for four premium lightning bolts yeah. you know what i mean so sure. i don't know if that's the cause but i can say that that's at least you know if i'm playing the game of one of these things is not like the other that stands out to me okay that's fair you know there have been times historically like i remember like do you remember I, we can just use his name now. I never use his name, but I assume he just doesn't care about Legends anymore. But and now I can't remember it all of a sudden. Who is the streamer who quit? C-Spence? 
Sea Spence. Okay. That was, I think, the lowest point of the of our community was some of the vitriol that was dished out at him. Uh, and I can't. I don't know if that's the lowest. The lowest? What do you think the lowest point was? There was so like Witch Hunt Witch Hunt 2.0 was uh the like uh was us like let's be honest here right which which point hunt 2.0 was uh team prophecy is keeping the man down because we were host chaining oh, yeah. and then Never that, that. <laughs> yeah and then that drove like a lot of other people to like quit playing the yeah. game and uh other people threw some fits and that was also centered around that whole like rebroadcasting yeah. or whatever but there was an awful lot of vitriol around that as well for something that i honestly didn't think that was a big deal Right? Yeah. But, you know. Fair enough. I forgot about the team prophecy thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, if you guys don't don't know, because some people didn't even know, Justin and I were technically a part of team prophecy. Justin was actually yeah. not, like, on it. Like, obviously, he wasn't part of the, the host chain yeah. thing, because he wasn't streaming right. at the time. But yeah. legitimately, when I was approached to be on team prophecy... I wrote the um, mission statement for Team yeah, Prophecy. I was going to say, like, so this is the true story. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever said this publicly. So, like, true story. I was approached to be on Team Prophecy, and it was pitched with the uh, idea, at least to me, uh, at the time, it was pitched as uh, we were going to get a core group of players together um, so that we could host each other and ensure that when people entered the Twitch section, uh, they were hitting high-quality content streamers who were knowledgeable about the game. So if new players had questions and things like that, then we could help them and be, you know, basically what I was just talking about before with the rebroadcast, we just wanted people, if they were new, to have the option of, of hitting somebody live first that can answer their questions and kind of like shape the community. And any like I care about the game. So like anytime says to me like, hey, you want to help, you know, be a part of shaping the community? I say yes. But when I was approached, the very first thing I did was I said, I know he's not streaming, but I want Justin Larson to be a part of it. He's a big part of it. Uh, do you mind if I reach out to him? They said, no, go ahead. So I contacted Justin and I basically said like, hey, there's this thing, they're gonna do it. I'm not doing it without you. I want you to be a part of it. So like Justin joined the Discord and he's right. Like he wrote the mission statement um, yeah. because at the time, Justin and I were pitched uh, that the purpose was going to be to help shape the community to provide a good experience for new players. And so that's why Justin right. and I joined uh, yeah. uh, at the time. Because we're positive, uplifting dudes 80% of the time. <laughs> 80% of the time. <laughs> Except for in our DMs. Yeah. <laughs> those, are, those are just dick pics. That's true. <laughs> so... Char Charmer literally sent me a picture of Dick Cheney one time and said, <laughs> and said here's your dick pic. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's how we joined. And then when, uh, things ended up not like when, when the product was not matching our vision for it, um, yeah. Justin left and did like a public statement and I legitimately just like left with him. Um, yeah. I didn't even post that I was leaving. It was just like, Justin was out. So I was out. Uh, yeah. and then that was it. So, yeah, we left at the right time too, because it fell apart about a day later. <laughs> I'm not fired. I quit. <laughs> that's honestly, that's kind of how I felt about some of the, some of the people who left. Yeah. But so. we, I mean, you know, cause for, for like a week beforehand, I think, you know, we had been talking to each other and I was like, look, man, I'm kind of uncomfortable with this. Like, you know, and, uh, 
didn't really seem to be about what we thought it was going to be about. And so, you know, we took the, made the decision to go our own way. By the way, not the first team prophecy I was a part of that fell apart. Yeah. <laughs> the true. very first team that this game had was Team Prophecy back in closed beta. It was me uh, and a bunch of guys who play Gwent now. <laughs> <laughs> and we're like, we're going to be a competitive team. You know, We were the final two in the first Legends tournament. We were like, oh, we're on fire. It was like you, Delude, TVP9, and... Uh, Maya, and... Um, this guy who plays Star Wars games now. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I'm drawing a blank now, too. I don't know. Yeah, anyway, they all play Gwent. Yeah. Team Prophecy was like, well, you know, we saw all these people having competitive teams um, uh, for Hearthstone, and we're like, oh, fuck, let's do that. Like, we are, <laughs> you know, we were kind of dominating closed beta with some of our really dumb decks. And uh, so, like, let's just, we're, we just decided we were going to brew all these decks together and I don't know. It lasted like a month or two. It was alright. <laughs> Ancient Silence, I think, was a member. But I cannot remember the last guy's name. Yeah, it's, it's escaping me, too. He's we not playing anymore, either. But No, I think I'm the only one who still plays. Delude plays from time to time. The yeah. rest, they just all play Gwent. Yeah. Yeah, there's actually a lot of people who also play Gwent now that we're playing in the closed beta as well. Like, not a lot of people know, but, like, Merchant, uh, who's big in the Gwent community, was, like, he cut his teeth on Legends. Um, yeah. Yeah, Tiny Grimes. Tiny Grimes, yes! That's, that's, I couldn't think of it, but yes, Tiny Grimes. Yeah. Thank you, chat. And in case anybody's new to the podcast and wants to know my position on Gwent, I think it's, uh, I, I, I'm either just not smart enough to play Gwent or it's boring. <laughs> or both. It's probably both. You know why I think you don't like Gwent? What's that? Legitimately. Yeah. Um, because it's not about, like, uh, attrition, incremental value, making your opponent concede. That's true. It's it, it, right. it is uh it's Math Blaster twenty seventeen. It's uh it's three it's three rounds of Sudoku and yeah, dude, I played thousands of games of Sudoku <laughs> in prison. Like, I would just sit down for hours and just do Sudoku. Oh my god, I have not played it since the day I got out. Yeah, I was in closed beta for Gwent too. By the way, <laughs> I was in closed beta. I have like videos on my YouTube channel. In fact, if you go. There is yeah. a subreddit specifically for competitive Gwent, and mm -hmm. I created a tutorial video on how tempo works in Gwent, and it is still linked to in that subreddit. Like nice. I'm linked along next to like Merchant and other people. Uh, like Life Coach has a video in that section, and then there's a link to me <laughs> because yeah. I did a like an introductory video on how tempo works in Gwent. Yeah. Nickname has a question for you. He says, Charmer, I left Ian to ask this. I'm sorry, you didn't have to break up with Ian just to talk to Charmer. Do you still play Time to Fight Battle Mage? <laughs> um, I, at the moment, don't play the Battle Mage version. Uh, I play the Crusader version because of the card draw, obviously. So I do have a Time to Fight list. Um, it definitely still runs Rampaging Meme Tar because I love my cards that uh, I think are good that other people don't. Um, but I run a Crusader version right now. It is not like your typical aggro Crusader. It's definitely still time to fight. It heavily emphasizes burst damage over board position. 
Um, but I, I have not been playing the Battle Mage version because uh, card draw, so. Yeah. Yeah, Crusader aggro does a good job of pushing out other aggro decks. I don't understand why anybody plays Prophecy Battle Mage anymore. <laughs> Besides the fact that you auto-lose to Support Mage, which is growing in popularity, I feel like Crusader beats you every single time. Be and Because uh, Prophecy Battle Mage is still a great deck when you're trying to climb the ladder because it punishes uh, poor it play. It punishes orcs. It pun <laughs> well, it does, but it, it punishes poor play as well. Yeah, that's so. fair. Um, I also lost weight this week. I, my nice. my torn meniscus is finally healing enough that I was make, able to make it to the gym, and yeah. uh, I'm back to cutting weight again. So, so to like today, I, I mean, I got so sick eating that like, I think this is a good way for me just to, you know, dial down my food intake. It's not like I'm not active, and it's not like I'm putting on weight. I just I was putting on weight. I put on some weight this summer, and now I just want to lose it again. So yeah. I put on a bunch of weight when my mom died and I was stress eating. Like, I'll That's just, fair. I'll just say it. Like, I just did, but. No, I stress eat too. It's, uh, it's a real thing and it's, it's frustrating. Well, I mean, you and I have had that discussion where, like, yeah, people have their addictions and mine is most definitely, uh, yeah. one of mine, I won't list all of them, but one of mine is food for sure. And mm -hmm. when I get like that, man, it's comfort food and specifically like it's an entire box of cereal. Like, yeah. the entire box of life cereal. There's nothing better. Just get the box, a bowl, some milk. Right. Um, yeah, I understand. I totally understand. <clears throat> it's it's my go-to and I'm feeling bad. <sighs> and, you know, my my job's stressful and in an in emotionally taxing way, so. Nickname asks, how do you feel about these gauntlets being only 12 hours? Uh, I'm not a fan. It's pissing me off. I'm trying to figure out where I'm gonna fit 12 games in tomorrow, because I was gonna play alt uh, support mage, and I like I need I need an hour per game already playing that fucking deck. <laughs> yeah, we talked to, we talked about it a little bit. It's it's hampering me because I got like a family day planned as well. But yes, I did say that you know for magic I've I've driven like five hours to play in a 12 hour grand prix to then drive five hours home. So yeah. like. It could just be, you don't have 12 hours to do it. It could just be, it starts at this time and you have to be there. And, you know, let's be honest, gang. If we want to see more competitive stuff, that's more likely going to be what happens for those style of tournaments. So uh, at least we get 12 hours is the way I'm trying to look at it. Sure, yeah. But what do I know? But look, I mean, a thousand gold's totally reasonable cost just to get the lightning bolts. Well, here's the thing. It's a thousand gold to get you lightning bolts and a minimum of ten packs. So you, right. it's the same as if you just bought ten packs and also got the the bolts, right? Like I think a lot of people uh, may not know that. So if you weren't around for the first time when uh, the piercing javelin uh, event occurred, you yeah. also if you if you win zero games, you still get ten packs. Right. So a hundred percent worth it. I agree. All right, more questions. Let's get them in there before uh, before we wrap up for the night. Anything you want to ask us about Legends, not Legends? Let's hear it. This is the interactive part of the fun. Um, <laughs> nickname asks, uh, can you only buy it with gold? You only have 300. You can also do it with uh, event tickets. And I believe it's six event tickets. 
if you want to do it that way. Hmm. Which is also great if you've been getting them for uh, like the monthly rewards but haven't been playing Arena. Right, exactly. Am I going to see the new Star Wars movie? Uh, yeah. When's that drop? Um, like... Next Friday? Soon? Yeah, like a week. Oh yeah, we'll probably watch it. We'll go see it in San Diego and pay a $45 ticket or whatever the fuck it costs out there. You know, I was living in Brooklyn like 10 years ago, and um, I remember paying like $13.50 for a movie ticket and thinking, oh, this is insane, because you know, from, I was from the Midwest and I was paying like $4 a ticket growing up. And now like I live in Denver, and uh, movie tickets are about 14 bucks a piece, so it's kind of insane how that's changed. Yeah. Um, nickname asks, what kind of music genre you grew into lately? Uh, I listen to 90s alternative, pretty much. That's pretty much it. What about um, you, man? Just depends. Like, I listen to a lot of uh, classical when I'm commuting, because that's what, like, plays on my local NPR station in the morning. Uh, yeah. At the gym, it's been um, a lot of, like, Childish Gambino, uh, Split Breed, <laughs> weird things like that upbeat stuff and then like when i'm just relaxing or whatever it's been a lot of sean james lately hmm. my local we have two local npr stations one plays classical all day the other does news all day so i'm always on the news one yeah we only have the one and it does news at certain times and then classical uh ray ray barker asks how much time have you spent trying to be a somerset ori i've never played that card when Usually I, I'll try anything once, but that card is uh, obviously the worst card in the game. When I very first started playing, I tried playing a version of Mage that crammed as many Prophecy cards as you could into the deck, and then ran Orrery, and then like tried to play it Control, but it was not uh, okay. Yeah. Um, Ubershot asks, why can't I beat my brother's Rush Crusader? Why is he so OP? Um, there are a lot of archetypes that get really punished by Crusader. If you find yourself losing consistently to Crusader, play Support Mage, or... What's an easier deck to pilot that beats Crusader? <laughs> um, an easy deck to pilot... I mean, Support Mage is, like, really good against uh, Agri Crusader right now. Yeah, um, I, I think it's, it's almost an auto-win. You have to draw pretty poorly. After that, uh, like mid proxy mage has a pretty decent matchup, um, and then after that, like you can win against it. You just kind of have to like get used to the matchup. Yeah. Um, I saw somebody say the word narcos, and I don't know if it's because I said split breed, but yes, that's definitely in my gym mix. And the minute I read the word narcos, I could hear the song in my head. Um, let's see here. At the risk of it. Asking an unsavory question, Arkham Warlock asks, do you have a target game you'll check out if The Elder Scrolls Legends falls out? Um, I play a lot of Heroes, Heroes of the Storm. That's, I mean, I probably play as much Heroes of the Storm as I do anything else. Man, when I first started streaming, I was basically streaming, uh, like, just MOBAs. Yeah. We, we could have been, like, the next great Heroes of the Storm esports team, man. I'm actually really good at Heroes of the Storm at this point. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. 
<laughs> it's just nobody wants to watch that and like also uh i get kind of salty when i lose and having to rely on other people's skill and uh their their moves and stuff means that like it's not something that i would want to take public all the time yeah um for me there's a lot of stuff that i play off stream like uh, there's some mobile games I've been playing a lot of lately. Uh, I really like the Alchemist Code. Uh, it's like a weeb gotcha version of Final Fantasy Tactics that I really like. I love uh, Shardbound. Sadly, it is uh, having some troubles. Uh, it's just produced by a small studio right now, and it's causing delays, but the game is very well made, and I really hope it succeeds. Um, I also play this really, like, uh, kind of, like, shitty card game called duel of summoners um that like it's a card game where you you don't draw and so like i just keep going back to that because i just think it's a cool mechanic so like you start with your entire deck in your hand um <clears throat> and then like you play cards based on resources and they go to the grave and then you have uh, a point in the game where um, you can choose to take your entire discard pile and put it back into your hand, but you take a damage for every card that goes back that way, and those cards all increase in cost by one. So, like, there's this whole strategy of, like, when you pull your discard pile back, when not to. Um, like, I don't think it's the best game, but just that mechanic alone has me intrigued. Anytime you say card game where you're not drawing from a deck, like... I don't know, I've been playing it a bit just to kind of test that out. Um, I'm holding out for Artifact. I keep checking for updates on that because I also do like MOBAs. So um, I think Artifact, like regardless of, Legends could be going strong. Uh, when Artifact comes out, like I will try it. Like there's no doubt about it. Like that'll be a thing. Um, and then a bunch of single player games. Like I, I love that stuff. I've been playing a lot of Sonic Mania lately. It's the only game I play on the PS4. <laughs> uh justin while y'all are in san diego you should check out pomegranate it's a russian georgian restaurant pretty damn good and has vegetarian options for y'all i think somebody might have mentioned that already uh maybe it was you i'm gonna mark it down on my list here of things to do while we're out there so we will go there a better fucking a better rock <laughs> uh Ray Ray Barker asks, uh, what kind of Pokemon are you? Uh, I'm a Bulbasaur. I'm an Eevee, but, but, because I'm a Charmer, I will say that for many, many, many months when I first started streaming, people would come in and say, hey Charmander. Like, I even have, they're not turned on right now, obviously, because of the podcast, but I have a donation notification uh, and one of them is, like, making fun of that. Like, it plays a Charmander gif, and it says, like, somebody's calling you Charmander again, and it's an old throwback. Um, so, yeah. but I, I'm an Eevee, for sure. Oh, I'm definitely going to check out uh, MTG Arena when that comes out. Um, I signed up for the beta, but didn't get in yet. Uber28 asks, have you guys ever made a deck that uses Hidden Trail? Hidden Trail has seen some fringe play in competitive decks over the uh, last year and a half. Um, it was in what tempo sorcerer and tempo archer i was gonna say not sorcerer I, mean, I meant uh, assassin yeah uh i would say so here's the thing about uh time to fight i spent many 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 months trying to make that deck archetype work while hearing lots of people tell me it was junk in like tier three tier four 
So if you go to Legends decks, you can search uh, Charger, and there's a couple of decks that ran Hidden Trail. Um, because when I very first started, the very first charge deck I ever built was actually Crusader back when Divine Fervor costed four. And that was called uh, Ray Chargels at the time. Uh, Fucking ridiculous, dude. It, it, it heavily emphasized burst damage from hand. And so the, the gimmick was like your opponent never saw it coming. Hence Ray Chargels. Um, but then then uh, after Divine Fervor got nerfed, I picked up the Charger version. Um, and I played two ver uh, versions of that, and then it went to Time to Fight Battle Mage, and now I'm playing back uh, to Crusader because of the card draw version. But um, yeah, yeah, like I've I've been trying to make the charge thing happen for a long time, and went through a lot of streams of people telling me how bad it was. Just like I'm gonna endure a lot of streams of people telling me how bad Worms King Agent is, but yeah. I'm gonna keep playing it. Ray Ray is two and zero now with uh, Doomcrag Sorcerer. I think we broke the meta. Oh, man. Um, People don't experiment, here. though, Justin. <laughs> Ray Ray, I, I don't know if you guys know this, Ray Ray once sent me a deck list without a win condition in it and uh, challenged me to play with it. <laughs> and I proceeded to win four games in a row with some bullshit, like, Leafwater Blessing deck that, I mean, if you want to see someone play some weird things that are... Uh, just completely off the radar of what you may be brewing up or seeing other people doing, I would definitely recommend you check out Ray Ray Barker's stream because that guy comes up with some of the most creative ways to win I've ever seen. Immortal King reports he is also 2-1 and one, uh, with Doomcrag Sorcerer. Well so done, Immortal. We have we have crowdsourced a 4-1 deck list so far. Yeah, if you guys, um, if you guys are part of this uh, Doomcrag Sorcerer thing, get on Twitter. That's my Twitter link. And uh, like tag Charmer and I in them, and let's make this a thing this week. <laughs> so, yeah. work on um, let's work on Doom Craig Sorcerer. Let's crowdsource this. Uh, talk about your matchups, what you're winning against, what you're losing against, what have been strong cards, what are things you're trying out. Let's make this a thing. Oh, um, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, Euro was talking about that he had an Archer list that used Thieves' Den, having a lit instantly buff with the Den and Fire Imp, uh, double yeah. dip, plus a bunch of charge. It was dumb. I've been talking about trying to revisit that because... Our, uh, I, faced that in, I faced that in the Gauntlet, actually. Yeah, Archer's Gambit and the Crossbow uh, yeah. further push that archetype, and yeah. so that could be fun. Yeah, I, uh, I've played, I played against that in the Gauntlet. I mean, it folded to... Uh, support mage but i mean that's sort of just what you have to kind of expect when you're playing anything aggressive <laughs> right um other fun facts is uh relentless raiders will also trigger the uh thieves den as well yeah. when you break runes yeah um there's all sorts of cool stuff you can do that's a that's one i haven't been uh i haven't revisited in a bit but that was another one that i tried making work for a while um Somebody mentioned they're waiting for the Civ 6 expansion. Yeah, me too. Uh, I've been enjoying Civilization 6 since it came out. I'm a huge fan of Civilization games in general. And the expansions got me super jazzed. I'm looking forward to it. I pre-ordered it. Although I don't know why. There's no benefit to it. I think I... I mean, it seems like one of those things where it's like, maybe just so I don't forget later. I don't know. I mean, that's usually why I pre-order. Or because yeah. I'll spend that money. Right. <laughs> or my wife um, will spend that money. Hey-oh. <laughs> uh, 
Ray Ray says, uh, I've been trying to convert the aggro control archetype from MTG. Do you have a take on that? Hmm. Maricon once well, I once played against Maricon who was playing a uh, Alter Crusader list. This was like six months ago or more. Um, that ran a bunch of charge creatures and used Alter to pull out giants if he didn't win with the charge creatures. Um, while also every time he altered, he would hit another charge creature and push more damage. Uh, so you could look at something like that. Uh, Snaxy Man played a mid-mage list like six months ago that was just pretty standard mid-mage that also ran Manticores and Merak at the top end. Hmm. Just because the idea was like, I push a bunch of damage and then right when you think you're about to stabilize, like, I wreck your board with big creatures, right? They The idea mm -hmm. is that they spend all their premium removal surviving, and then you come down with a hammer. Mm, I like that. Um, doo -doo -doo -doo. Spoiler, I believe I've succeeded. That's the route I went, but an archer. Nice. I'd love to see that list. I've tried running Alter and Archer, actually, quite a few times. Um, and have had middling results. You got Blood Dragon and Child of Her Scene. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, Blood Dragon is just by so many miles the strongest five drop creature in the game, right? Like, what are, what is it even competing against? <laughs> it's one of the most overstated cards in the game. Um, what, Eradicator, right? The 6-6 six, six for five? Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... Blood Dragon's such a beast. Well, I ran Blood Dragon in my or old orc lists back when I was, uh, when orcs were nowhere on the ladder and, um, like last winter and spring, and, uh, the Madhouse collection came out with Stone Shard Orc. Uh, I used Blood Dragon back then to top my curve because, um, Sower wasn't a card yet. Yeah, I remember when it used to be, like, a staple in mid Archer just because we didn't have Underworld Vigilante. Right. Yeah, I think Underworld Vigilante does a good job of, pushing Blood Dragon out of a lot of decks that it would otherwise be in, just because charge is more useful most of the time. Yeah. Blood Dragon, Arkham Warlock yeah. writes, Blood Dragon was the second legendary in the game I crafted a full playset of. The first was Black Marsh Warden. Thanks, CVH. That is so funny, because CVH blames me for him crafting a full set of Black Marsh Wardens. <laughs> yeah, there was a time when they they were meta, gang. Like, yeah. If you can imagine a world where Black yeah. Marsh Warden was like a high-priority right. card... Yeah. Let that sink in for a minute. Because it went into Spell Sword Tokens and it went into Scout. Yeah. Oh, the good old uh, days. Felix Exemplar. Yeah, Felix Exemplar actually is a good a good new five drop. I would I've definitely get put it up there with Blood Dragon. It might even be better than Blood Dragon. It's, it's really certainly good. more supported than Blood Dragon is. Um like the only decks I run Blood Dragon in anymore are uh warrior control decks. Um, and even then, I feel like you could probably flex that into something else. Like, Clockwork Dragon is a reasonable card to run now. That costs five, right? No, it costs six. Oh, well. Nickname asks, uh, who would be the better wingman for me? Uh, and the answer is actually me. I am the better wingman because Justin <laughs> drips with masculinity and sexuality. <laughs> And no matter how hard he tries, he's just going to outshine you. So uh, by uh, that logic alone, I am easily the choice. I don't know about all that. 
Clockwork Dragon costs five? Okay, yeah. I would put Clockwork Dragon's power level up where, somewhere near Blood Dragon's. I love how he dodges that. Like, I'm just not even... Like, I don't know about that. Let's talk about the game some more and not the <laughs> fact that, like... You know, you're, you're every girl uh, with daddy issues like wet dream, man. You, uh, you're a bad boy. You did time, but you're also educated and have a sturdy job. <laughs> got that well, well-groomed beard. I do have a well-groomed beard and, and a reasonably short haircut now, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ozymandios rights. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I first started playing, I leveled up an Argonian because I wanted Black Marsh War and I thought the card was straight up nuts. I was even a bit disappointed when I got Red Brahmin as my racist legendary. Wait, uh, Red Brahmin's a racist legendary? <laughs> Have you seen what that guy does to like uh, Pilfer Monk deck? Absolutely. I mean, I guess he does shackle people. Oh, Jesus, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Uh, look, I still think Black Marsh Warden's a strong card. I run Black Marsh Warden in mono purple lists. Black Marsh Warden is just so absolutely bad in some matchups that you cannot afford to run it. I mean, here's the thing: people used to play Archie and Venom Tongue too. Yeah, right. I mean, here's the thing: Black Marsh Warden is great. It's just really bad against Agro Crusader, Rage Archer, <laughs> Ramp Scout. <laughs> And Ultimate Mage. Yeah, all of them. It's, it's, I mean, the, the power level of the card <laughs> is high. Like, I mean, I really, I'm going to maintain that the power level of that card is really high. But, <laughs> there's, it's just not, you can't play that card because every deck has a good answer to it. Yeah, fair enough. Nickname wants to date Justin. I am sorry, that is not an option. I'm getting married uh middle of, middle of May. So, uh, so you're saying there's a chance? Yeah, <laughs> there's not. Sandra and I have lived together for two years. <laughs> like I'm pretty well taken, and I'm very happy. So, yeah, get off my man. I'm a side hoe. Right. Yeah, Sandra calls Charmer my side hoe. Um, all I'm hearing is not married yet. Cause Jesus fucking Christ, dude. Look. Look, just because there's a goalie in the net doesn't mean you can't score. Hey yo! Wow. <laughs> I'm checking to make sure Sanders falling asleep, and she has. No, no. Um. Yeah. Oh. I'd settle for a digital friendship. Absolutely. Although I think Charmer and I, I think our plan is to meet at a convention this fall that we're going to try to uh, hit up Pete to pay for. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that part's going to happen, but we're going to... I don't know, man. We're going to hold him to what he said. Yeah, I mean, I think he'll give us passes. Like, We'll see what we can make happen. <laughs> I, I told you you messaged me today, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. Still, it still is like so surreal. Like it blows my mind. Yeah, it is cool. You remember after the before after the last one, he sent me a message saying that he tried he played my Fantastic Four's Archer or Crusader list to like eight and three, eight and four or nine and two or something like that. And uh, I, I had a similar geek out moment. I think I messaged you about that actually. Oh, Ozzy's got the right idea. He says that we could always try hooking you up with definitely not Sandy for a change of pace. 
Yeah. Oh, fun and interactive convention. Hey, here's the thing. Like, if we <laughs> ever, if we ever, like, you know, are actually popular, we would do, like, a fan meetup, sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, th I feel like Denver is the obvious choice for this since Direwolf Digital is here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Plus, it's a beautiful mountain place. Lots of stuff to do here. I was going to say, it's a good recreational city, you know? <laughs> Centrally located, kind of-ish, you know, in yeah. the country. Absolutely. The worst highways of any major city. <laughs> I don't know, man. Like, have you ever driven around Atlanta? Dude, I'm not going to the south. <laughs> Dude, seriously. I've, I've driven, like, plenty of times. Detroit, Chicago, some rough yeah. places. Atlanta is a nightmare every time. Like, yeah. I don't know how that city functions. Like, driving around Atlanta gives me stress. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kaniac, I've been to South Park. It, uh, it's like one street. There's nothing to do there. <laughs> um, there is uh, somebody that I met through the Twitch community. Uh, when I very first started streaming, and we stay in touch very often, who uh, streams uh, PUBG, right? Battlegrounds. Uh, yeah. His name is Ice Prime, and he is from South Park, Colorado. Like, he lives there. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's literally like 100 people or less. Yeah, I know. It's like in the mountains, and he has several times yeah. where he's like, sorry, weather's bad, can't stream because like I'm in the yeah. middle of nowhere. So. I've driven through there a few times. Um, th this time of year, you can't really take the mountain pass to get to... Santa Fe, but you can take a really beautiful trip to get to Santa Fe that way. I'm just going to go south through Pueblo because it's just take a 25 because I think, I mean, depending on the weather, the highway just closes and you're yeah. just stuck up there. Yeah, it's a real place. There's a sign. Arkham <laughs> says, when I was applying to Direwolf Digital last month, I saw that it was in Denver and got super excited. No response, though. Hey, I applied to Direwolf Digital over a year ago and I still haven't heard anything, so your, <laughs> your wait time is expected. I, I applied, they had a uh, digital, like, analytics thing open, right? So, like, I'm, I'm a database guy, I work in data, um, and I was like, oh, hey, they were looking for somebody to do analysis on, like, large-scale card use and blah, 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 and I was like, oh, that sounds like right up my alley, sure. So, you know, I never heard anything, though. Fair enough. Were you in Denver last year this time? I asked because I own an oversized load escort company and one of my drivers was part of a group that ran a wind turbine blade almost off an overpass and closed the highway for about six hours or more. Uh, last year, this week, I believe... Uh, I mean, I've lived in Denver since um, August of 2014. But uh, uh, last year, this time, I was in South Dakota for a week. I do remember the wind turbine coming off and uh, closing the highway, though, so maybe I was here. Kick ass. All right. Good show. It was a good show, minus the blue screen of death. Yeah, fuck it, man. Who cares? <laughs> it was a good. It was a good episode. <laughs> Bring a doom just in time. Bring your doom. <laughs> hey guys. Yeah. There's always somebody who comes in right when we're ending, and I, f I feel bad, but. Yeah. Um. Yeah, don't forget to uh, watch Charmer stream Legends afterwards. It's always good times. And don't forget to tweet us 
your yes. Doomcrag sorcerer list yes. and performance. Make Doomcrag sorcerer a thing. Tweet us all week long with your lists, your matchup experience, and stuff like that. We're going to make Doomcrag Sorcerer great again. Please don't ever say that again. Yeah. You know how often I have to restrain myself from making jokes about that fat fuck? <laughs> <laughs> hey, now. It's not very nice to make fun of him for his weight. Mostly right. because there's so much other material. That's true. It's actually the least offensive thing about him. Yeah. <laughs> Alright gang. Good 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 podcast. We'll see you on yep. the ladder. Hopefully playing yep. Doomcrag Sorcerer. See you all on the ladder. <laughs> <laughs>